Morocco's inflation rate stands at an over 14-year high, while in South Africa, their inflation rate is at an over 5-year high. We also delve into the economic benefits of the provision of clean water and sanitization. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Evidence of the economic benefits of the provision of clean water and sanitization have been provided in research by Vivid Economics and WaterAid. The report, Mission Critical, invest in water, sanitization and hygiene for a healthy and green economic recovery, show that by simply ensuring everyone has somewhere to wash their hands with soap and water, productivity increases and billions of dollars in economic returns can be unlocked. Each dollar invested in water, sanitization and hygiene wash could generate up to 21 US dollars in return. According to the report, the global economy could generate up to $45 billion per year and reduce the spread of infections in a COVID-like epidemic by up to 20%. Olutayo Bankole Balawile, WaterAid East Africa's regional director, joins us for this episode to expound on the ripple effects investment in WASH has over a cross-section of sectors like education, health and climate change. I think one of the things we need to learn is that if you invest in WASH, Let's look at it from the different sectors' uh, point of view. The more investment we put in WASH, the less uh, communicable diseases we would have, the less childhood diseases that will be taking them to the hospital and eventually dying. The more we invest in WASH, the uh, more we can see that child mortality, infant mortality, even maternal mortality is reduced because when there is water at each of the hospitals, it is clear that um, women are able to clean themselves better whilst they're waiting to have their baby, or even after they have their baby, they're not exposed to uh, microbes that cause a lot of infections post-delivery and, and all of that. So for us, when you cost the amount of money that goes into treatment, for those who survive, that is, that goes into treating women, treating babies, it's huge. And some of these costs are not even borne by government, it's borne by the individuals themselves, who may not even have the resources, which is why it eventually leads to uh, mothers dying, infants dying, and children dying. So that's when you're looking at it from the health perspective. The other perspective of, of, of what's being central, the impact on education, that's another one. When you look at the fact that if there is no water in a school, for example, and girls are having their periods. Most of the time, what our research has also told us and shown us is that at least five days in a month, girls miss out on school. Times that five days by 12 months in a year. Those periods that they're missing school because they don't want to be embarrassed because of the stigma of staining and not having water to wash and all of that does not just impact on their psychological framework. Uh, mentally, it also impacts directly on their education and the quality of education that they get. Let me give a scenario. If a girl goes to school and she has a period and she's, and she's thinking, oh, we haven't tests today and she has to rush home, she has missed the test. If a period comes during the time of examinations, she has missed the exams. So she either needs to repeat the class or drop out of school. At the end of the day, there's more burden of poverty on the family because the girl has not been able to reach her full potential in education. 
in the first place, which means that one, there's a burden of poverty there. Secondly, because she's not in school, she's not able to finish and finish well, and therefore she becomes a burden to the community as well. Let's not forget also the fact that if a girl is not in school, already girls are marginalized naturally due to the patriarchal systems that we find ourselves in Africa and other parts of the world. So now imagine the additional burden of a girl that doesn't have access to education. And then that burden comes on government in the long run. So when you do the cost-benefit analysis in education, cost-benefit analysis in, uh, in health, even when we are looking at it, let's even go, go the whole hog. Let's look at the impact on the environment and climate uh, change. The fact that we don't have adequate wash facilities, apart from having an impact when there's a lot of flooding, impact on our waters, especially if it's not sustainable wash and, pro, pro, uh, and, uh, and climate-proof facilities, we, can't, we have the waters being polluted with uh, fecal matter and all kinds of pollutions, which makes the people to be sick in the long run because we are not climate-proofing uh, the wash facilities. And so the impact on climate also, when you look at it and triangulate it with wash, you realize that most of the problems we have in East Africa in particular, and I'm still referring to this study, is either too much flooding, which of course has an impact on uh, maintenance of the facilities that we have or leading to diseases like cholera and all that, or we don't have water at all, which also leads to drought, which leads to people not being able to fend for themselves because it affects farming and all that, and children dying. So if you, if you see, what, if you see where I'm coming from, you pick all of that and put it in the perspective that if WASH is at, right at the center of development, whether it's relating to gender, relating to health, relating to education, to climate, and all those sectors, if water is not provided and is not there, definitely there's a lot of costs <laughs> that will be borne by governments, by all key stakeholders, that would then, when you balance the, uh, the odds, you see that where there's lots, lots more poverty that will be at, uh, that our people will be going through if uh, we do not have wash at the center. So I think uh, with the little examples I've given you, you can see how when you balance the odds and you say, let every person have access to sustainable wash services in every country, everywhere and then see the ripple effect of that on all other sectors. It is huge. On a quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast, the economy of Ghana advanced by 3.3% from a year earlier in the first quarter of 2022, slowing from a 7% expansion in the previous period. It marks the weakest pace of growth since the last quarter of 2020 as activity slowed markedly in the industrial sector due to a decline in production of oil and gas. Slower growth was also recorded in services and agriculture. The nation is currently battling a set of challenges including runaway inflation, a depreciating local currency and high public debt. The National Bank of Morocco held its benchmark interest rate at a record low of 1.5% at its June meeting in order to support the economy in the face of global uncertainties caused by the war and persistent inflationary pressures. Domestically, inflation is expected to reach 5.3% this year, driven by food and energy prices, 
before easing to a 2% next year. Its underlying component could reach 5.2% in 2022 and then return to 2.5% in the following year. Meanwhile, economic growth is seen falling by 1% this year due to drought before improving to 4% next year, compared with 7.9% in 2021. Drought has reduced Morocco's cereal harvest this year by 69% to 3.2 million tons from last year, according to the Agriculture Ministry forecast. Staying with Morocco, its annual inflation rate stands at an over 14-year high of 5.9% in May of 2022 and changed from the previous month. Whilst prices slowed a bit for food and non-alcoholic beverages and housing and utilities, costs climbed further for clothing and footwear, furnishings, transport, recreation and culture, and miscellaneous goods and services. On a monthly basis, consumer prices were up 0.3% following a 1.8% rise in the previous month. Now, the annual inflation rate in South Africa quickened to 6.5% in May of 2022 from 5.9% in April and March above the market expectations of 6.2% and breaking through the upper limit of the South African Reserve Bank's target of 3 to 6%. It's the highest reading since January of 2017 as prices continue to accelerate mostly for transport on account of fuels and food and non-alcoholic beverages. Notably, sunflower oil, the product with the highest weight in the oils and fats group. Costs were also higher for housing and utilities, namely electricity and other fuels and miscellaneous goods and services. The annual co-inflation, which excludes prices of food, non-alcoholic beverages, fuel and energy, rose to 4.1% in May, the highest since August of 2019, from 3.9% in the prior month. On a monthly basis, consumer prices were up 0.7% after increasing 0.6% in April and above market forecasts of a 0.3% rise. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange All Share Index showed about 1.6% to close the day at 65,713 following two consecutive sessions of gains as recession fears resurged amid the prospect of aggressive monetary policies. Fed Chair Jerome Powell told Congress that the central bank will continue to move aggressively and expeditiously until compelling evidence that inflation is slowing despite the risk of recession. Commodity-linked stocks and tech firms were the main draggers. Locally, South Africa State Power Utility Eskom said it would extend Rotation of power cuts until Sunday night after four more of its generation units broke down. Now, cocoa futures on the International Commodity Exchange hovered around 2,400 US dollars per ton in late June as fears of reduced supplies from top growers almost offset the prospect of weak demand. Latest government data shows cocoa farmers sent a total of 2.2 million metric tons of cocoa beans to Ivory Coast ports from October 1st to June 19th down 1.8% from the same period a year ago. In neighboring Ghana, the 2021-2022 crop is reported to witness a staggering drop of about 800,000 tons compared to the historic volume of 1.047 million tons recorded during the 2020-2021 crop year. However, cocoa futures are still down 13% from a near two-year high of 2,786 US dollars hit in February, as stocks at the International Commodity Exchange License Warehouses are significantly higher compared to last season. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website, that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial and you can find me at Mr. Dong.